Wellbeing, Wellness, and Spirituality 101. So if you've ever wondered what the law of attraction is, if it really works, or what a blocked root chakra is, or anything like that, what you can do for crystals, then this podcast is for you. The universe led you here for a reason, so thank you. My name is Michelle Schoenfeld. I'm a master energy healer, and I am coming to you live today from... Actually, I'm not live. This is recorded. Sorry. Um, live on Instagram, but not on this podcast. I am coming to you from the LifeCo Detox and Wellbeing Center, which is located in Turkbukir, Turkey, which is in the Bodrum province, sitting out in the Aegean, just across from the Greek islands. It's a really beautiful place, a really amazing well-being center. And I am going to be joined today by Gabe of Gabe Yoga. He is a well-being coach, wellness expert, over 25 years experience. I encourage you to check him out on Instagram or his website. I'll give that information later. But before we, I go any further, let me welcome Gabe to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for inviting me and having me on the show. Thank you. This is our second one, and so I'm very excited to be able to contribute again. Yes, yeah, so this is part two. And I met Gabe here at LifeCo. Um, he is, was teaching yin yoga. He's getting ready to start a transformational retreat for 10 days. But he was teaching yin yoga, and I took the class. I'd never taken yin yoga before, didn't know anything about it. And thought, well, if it has all these benefits, because I looked online and it said be part of the yin crowd, <laughs> that I should check it out and see what it was. And it really was awesome. It, it helped my body. It made me feel good. And it just made me kind of think about what else there is to yoga. So I started talking to Gabe, loved his energy, loved his knowledge. And he's very much in line with what I do education-wise in that he takes a lot of information and brings it down to a one-on-one level so you don't feel alienated. And so often in this industry, in wellness, well-being, yoga, meditation, it can be alienating to people who are new because words are in Sanskrit or people are throwing out medical terms or maybe things you've never heard of. And Gabe does such a great job of taking a lot of knowledge but making it sound so basic and ordinary in Thank like the you. best way. Thank you very much. I try. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so let's start off with this podcast is called You Lost Me at Namaste. And I give a little brief in, um, kind of explanation sometimes of what that means. And the reason I chose that name is because before I was awake and before I was into this wellness, I didn't know what it meant. And I would hear it. I was like, oh, that's something you say at yoga. Or people would send me a note when I was sick with namaste. And it kind of turned me. I tuned out, to be honest. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Now I know what it means. I love it. It's a wonderful salutation. So why don't you describe what namaste means? Because I think you did it really beautifully the other day in class. Great. No, and I agree with you. There's a lot of elements that make beginners or even just uh, like those who put their feet into the water of the yoga that turns them off, whether because of advanced poses like handstands or headstands yes, totally. or all this crazy Sanskrit. And it's surprising to me on how little even yoga teachers out there know the true meaning of namaste. Now, you can have any association yeah. with that word that you like, and today you can find it on T-shirts all over. And so it's less about trying to change the world, but it would be great if people really understood what the full meaning of the word is, and this is how it comes out. Sanskrit is a much deeper language than English, and here's a simple sounding word, namaste, but it has this really beautiful, rich interpretation. And this is how it is. There is a place of love and of light, of truth and of peace. Such a place exists. 
when you find that place in yourself, and I find that place in myself, then there's only one of us. And it ties into the idea that there is a larger energy around us that connects us all. However you want to think about it, some people use the word love, some people use the word light, some people use the word energy, and some people use the word God. Yes. And it doesn't really matter what the word that you're using, but the idea that there is something that really truly resonates, brings us together. And more than that, it also helps you to realize that something is taking care of you. I love that. I love that. So when I, you know, um, sometimes I give the short version of that, um, it just, it means the divine in me bows to the divine in you. Or the love in me, the soul, my soul bows to your soul. Like it's just a very short way of a simple salutation. But that really means so much more. Right. And that we are all connected. Correct. We are all connected. And I like how you say whatever you're comfortable with because... I talk about that too. I talk about God or the universe or divine. These are just terms. And whatever you're the most comfortable with, go with that. Exactly. Don't let something turn you off if you don't like the word. Think about what it really means to yourself. Right. And so I loved your explanation of that. Because it really is that all-encompassing, we are all connected. Right. And when we look at wellness, the aspect of wellness is the recognition that you are well. And well doesn't just mean that I'm eating and I'm drinking well and that I have a good social boundaries and I have a good relationship. It also means on a deeper level that there is a well aspect of the fact that while you're in this body, there you know and you feel it that there is something watching over you. Did you realize that you're not controlling your heartbeat? You're not controlling the fact that your cells metabolize every day, your skin changes every day, your liver changes every few weeks. All of these things are happening and you're not in control of them, not at least the conscious control, and yet they're happening. And not just in your body. Now let's look at the world around us. Flowers grow, trees grow, fruits get made. We can say that's just nature, but it's also part of a larger mechanism that when you realize it's there, you can begin to trust it, and when you have that trust, it changes and transforms the way you lose weight, the way you change your energy and find passion in what you do, the way you begin to not age in the same way. Most of us in today's culture really do lack that feeling of a spiritual sign. And notice I use that word lightly because you have to discover what that is, but without it, something is still going to be lacking from a wellness perspective. It's so true. Now you guys can see why I love him so much and why I wanted him on this show. I just can sit here and listen to it all day. Um, and it, it's nice to know that, you know, because sometimes I feel this way myself, and I'm teaching this as well in a different way, you can feel alone sometimes. And when you realize that you're never actually alone, you're connected to everything, but also being connected to yourself. Correct. And feeling that inside light that you just know is there and being able to tap into that is so important to wellness. Correct. Exactly. Is being able to find that internal energy. And I know um, we are both, as I said before, working here at the Life Co. Wellbeing Center and both being um, in the wellness industry and being healers and helping people, it can also take out of us. Correct. And so being in the profession, we've had to learn how to heal your energy and bring it back in and to clear things that stick to you. Exactly. And what's great about that is it's possible and anybody can do it. Correct. You just have to learn how. And once you do, 
Um, no problem. So again, as I said, we are sitting outside next to the Aegean Sea, <laughs> and there are people going by, so I hope you don't mind that background noise. Um, so Gabe, tell me a little bit about, uh, well, actually just quickly, what led you to this? What led you to being part of, of wanting to dedicate your life to helping people heal and feel better? Well, I was 19 years old, and I read a book called Jitterbug Perfume by Tom Robbins, and something within the book touched on the idea of longevity. If you've never read the book, it's a wonderful love story. But deeper than that, there's a sense there about the fact that we can live a much longer life than most of us believe. And something in that particular book just touched my soul in such a deep way of truth. You know, sometimes when you hear truth, it just resonates and you know that that's true. Like two plus two equals four. It's a certain truth. And within that book, just something spoke to me about this idea that we can live a much longer life. And I was shocked by it, and I wanted to know where he came up with those ideas. Yeah. And I had in my ref reference point, this is 1994, and I had in my reference point the word India and the word meditation. And this is before Google, before the internet, and so it's not like I could just jump online. I walked into the university library, I'm a sophomore at college at the time, and I went to the computer and typed those two words, India and meditation. And the computer spit out a list of books. And rather than trying to read through the titles, I just copied the numbers and the letters of the first 10 books and walked <laughs> around the library and chose 10 books. Wow, okay. You know? And some of them were about meditation. Some of them are about the history of India. And one book that touched me really quickly was a book called The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And it was a kind of uh, purple cover. It was translated by a Christian person who found spirituality beyond just Christianity. Yeah. And when I opened the book, there was just a sentence or two per page. And I'm a college student, and I have a lot to do. And as much as I have 10 books, this one seemed to be so easy to read. And Lord knows, I wasn't prepared to what it was going to do. And the way that particular person translated the first sentence that touched me, and I kept reading, was that yoga is to find God. I love that. And it shocked me because up until that point, I grew up in Israel and I have a Jewish background. But as my grandmother likes to point out all the time, when I was 10 years old, I simply told her I don't believe in God. And that really hurt her. At 10? At 10. I did it at 11. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Yep. And here is a woman who is a Holocaust survivor. And so basically, the identity of Judaism was challenging. Growing up in Israel, you don't need to grapple with the idea of being Jewish because it's a Jewish state so everyone's Jewish all the holidays are Jewish so you don't have to think about it as a child compared to people who grew up as Jew in other parts of the world and I had that aspect it came to me actually because I read a little children's book about Plato and Aristotle and um, Socrates really and Socrates had a very beautiful question that he raised to some people when he saw a person leaving the courthouse and he asked them, well, what's going on? And it's like, well, the gods have this kind of judgment towards me. And then Socrates asked, well, how do the gods know to make this judgment? Is it arbitrary? Or is someone above them made that choice? Right. And if it's something above them, then why are we looking at the gods and not referring back to the other part? Yes. And so that questioning mind and really resonated with me as a 10-year-old. And that's why I said I don't really believe in God in the way my grandmother pointed out. Years later, when I got into yoga and after Patanjali, I had my own understanding of that, 
which is why I share it in such a simple and open-ended vocabulary, because I know how challenging those words can be for people, and yet it is something that you can touch. And today, after many years of practice, I also point out the simplicity of all of us know what it feels like to be connected. You fell in love with your dog, your cat, a tree, or your partner. You had a child. There's these moments where you really looked at your partner, your pet, your nature, and there was a second there that you just didn't feel separate. Yes. And most of us just let that second pass us rather than realize we have many of those moments every day. And if you yes. just stop for a second to, uh, to express them and explore them. Yes. So really I came into yoga from the spiritual side because I came not believing Longevity in and feeling Longevity. connected. Longevity was the first instinct. But then Patanjali points out, it's like, God is not something that you subscribe to. God is something that you choose to go look for, that yeah. you choose to do something. And the way you did something in terms of Patanjali Sutras at the time, notice I'm not yet talking about a yoga pose. The way he points out, the first one is to chant Om, which I was staying with my parents at the time, and it was not going to happen, me sitting down chanting <laughs> Om. My mother yeah. grew up in the 60s with the Om's generation in the, in the park. I grew up hearing too many times on how the vegetarians and Om's is not part of something that she will not make fun of. And I grew up the opposite. My mom was a hippie. She did transcendental meditation. We had crystals on the table. I lived in a commune. It was the exact opposite. It was very spiritual and very open to this. And I remember getting um, in big trouble one time because I took my thumbnail and poked it into the leaf, the jade plant, and it felt cool. So I did it to all the leaves <laughs> about <laughs> inflicting pain on this living thing that for no reason. And it was just, it was very funny. We had incense burning. So for me, I was going to do the opposite then of like, I didn't want any part of anything, mm. like nothing. I didn't want any of that put on me, no limits, no right. labels, you know, that was not cool. I was made fun of at school. Um, and then I had a tragedy, to be honest. I, it, those of you who listen know I lost a brother and sister in a car accident at the age of 11. Oh, wow. And that's when I was like, that's it. I'm done with God. And I found my way back to spirituality and to feeling connected and to feeling happiness because when you can kind of let go and know that we don't always know what is going to happen, right. but we are in control to some degree of how we feel. Exactly. And we are here for a reason. We're here for an important reason, for however long or however short that is. But really, like our obligations to ourselves, exactly. and to feeling that happiness, that internal happiness, that internal light, which makes us more able to approach life and whatever goes on, whether we understand it or not, exactly. from a place of peace and understanding and balance. Now we go back to what we said yeah. about the meaning of the word namaste, yeah. the place of peace, place of light, place of joy, place of love lies inside of us, yes. not outside. We tend to seek everything out to get these love, to get this peace. We always go outside more apps or maybe that new partner will do it or maybe that new clothes will do it. And those are just tools to help you see that it lies inside of you. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just going to go back and touch on what I just said, just because I don't want to leave anybody hanging there. When I say I um, was done with God, didn't believe in God at 11. So when this accident happened, you know, I have this kind of hippie, wonderful spiritual background with my mom and, and feeling connected. And um, the priest in the hospital said it was God's wish. I'm 11 years old, and the priest tells me it's okay, it's God's wish, and with no explanation. 
And so that's where it came. I was 11 years old. I had nobody to talk to about it. I didn't understand. I was like, well, if that's the wish, then I don't want any part of that. So obviously, there's a lot more to it. I was able to let go of that, and we all have our own level of spirituality. But that's where it came from. I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, I came from a Jewish family. My grandmother, the entire family, was killed in the Holocaust. So you can imagine yeah. why it was even not part for me to be like, well, if six million people can die, just kind of a cause like that, well, where is God, really? And I grew up, I'm not going to go into too much details, but the way my parents chose to kind of discipline was yes. in a different type of manner. And some, and again, there's no right or wrong, really, here. But for me as a child, I just kind of felt a little tension at the way they were disciplining. And I was like, well, if God is there and I can, that can happen to me, then I don't believe in yeah. God. And so it was less about God. So here I have this book, Patanjali. He says, yoga is to find God, which then leaves me with this feeling of like, okay, well, I guess it's out there. And the book lays out in the very first 12 sentences a psychological understanding of our pain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the first three sentences of Patanjali because it really helps to tie it together. So the first sentence in the real translation is yoga begins in the now. And that's very powerful because most of us don't really live in the now. We either think in the, of the future or we live in the past memories. Then he points out that yoga is the quieting of our mind and the heart. So it's not just the thoughts, it's the emotions as well. Yes. It's the ability of quieting them. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking they're just going to stop. And it took me many years before I realized that thoughts and emotions, they don't stop. It's like a river. And then I have a beautiful comment by a very important Zen master. And he points out it's... It's not about stopping your thoughts, but rather when you notice that you're in your thoughts, focus on what it is that you're doing. Yes. So whether you're focusing on your breath, or you're focusing on walking, or you're focusing Bring on your Bring your awareness your back meal. to what you're doing. Exactly. Bring awareness back. It's not that the thoughts stop. And so what, the same aspect there, like the interpretation is a little cloudy, but hopefully this helps you to kind of see a little through the idea that yoga is to stop the thoughts and the movements of the heart. Yes. But why? Why? Who cares? And then he has a very beautiful next sentence. And then he points out, then you will know who you are. So rather than trying to define it for you, he's inviting you to take the practice of paying attention to what's happening. And if you do try to stay more in the moment, if you do pay attention, there's some magical things that happen, as you just also pointed out. Yes. And so that's, for me, is the base of yoga. It's always been that way. I teach from that avenue. But at some point... I, I kept going to the library, I brought some more books, and I read about the Upanishads with these, these beautiful poems that kind of give life to the Vedas. The Vedas are didactic ways of how ancient India saw the evolution of the world, how the stars connect to this environment, how we are, part, are connected to the stars. There's no reason for us to go into that right now. <laughs> but, but, and obviously, all, all that kind of stuff, I can't, I mean, I'm in college. You think my friends want to hear about me understanding about what the god Shiva and Vishnu and Brahma <laughs> created this universe? Of course not. So I'm, I'm just enjoying my own exploration. And then one day I come home, and the book that I have is a thick book, and it says, The Complete Yoga Book. And as I open the book, yes, it has some Patanjali Sutras that I'm familiar with. Right. And it has aspects of breathing, which I'm familiar with. So Patanjali says you can chant Om, or you can focus on the breath. Here's the two practices he gives you in order to quiet your mind and to focus. But then the third part was these poses, and there was a huge part. And there's all these images of the human body in different shapes and stuff. 
And it's the first time I've ever seen what we call yoga poses and what today most people refer to as yoga. And I remember flipping through this and I see all these crazy weird things and, I'm, and I stop at a pose that says this is the perfect meditation pose. Now you have to understand that once I read Patanjali, I started sitting and paying attention, not right. to the Om, but to my breath. Yeah. And I'm a, col- I'm a college student, I'm a rugby player. <laughs> I just right. sit, you know, I don't think about it. I'm just sitting, I'm comfortable, I'm watching my breath. And, but then I read this book and it says the perfect pose for meditation, which is what I was doing, right. is lotus. Yes. And now imagine I'm looking at a picture, I'm reading description, and it says take your right foot and bring it up towards the upper inner left thigh. Now, again, <laughs> unless you really have body awareness, chances are that doesn't click very quickly. It doesn't say crisscross applesauce. It did not say crisscross applesauce. <laughs> I wish. And then I pick up my right foot. At some point, I begin to realize, oh, that right foot. And then I'm like, my left? What left? And remember, I come from Israel, so English is second language at that point still. Right. And, and so at some point, I realize, and then I pick up my foot, and it won't go above my knee. <laughs> and so I realize very quickly that, well, that's not going to happen. Let's shift to a different pose. And that brought up the evolution of my posture beginning. Now, by the time I finish the book, at the end of the part of the book, it points out, it's like, well, the yoga practice is a body movement. These poses right. are to prepare your body for sitting meditation, but they also help to make your body healthier. Which I think was so great when we, so the first few days we were both here, Gabe was teaching his yin yoga class, which go back to um, our last episode, you can hear more about the yin yoga. But basically, it's you were holding very... Um, poses where you're not moving and you're holding them for three minutes in your class when we did it. So we go through this beautiful hour of very easy to do poses because you're able to make accommodations for yourself, then into my meditation. So we had groups of people doing this beautiful kind of physical practice and then moving into the meditation. It was such a nice combination. Exactly. It is so true when, when you can kind of appeal to everything, to the physical body, and then also your energetic body. Right. And in a way, yoga was always trying to do that, but because of the popularity of it and the commercialization of it, then yoga now is associated just with trying to get on a yoga mat and doing pretzel-like poses, and then meditation sits alone. And the idea is that they kind of go together because you're trying to center and yes. pay attention. So people love yoga, you know, obviously. It's all around everywhere. It's, it's very trendy, the million studios. Um, in fact, sports teams now you know, are doing it for their players. They see the benefit. I'm really hoping that we get to a place where meditation is just as popular. I agree with you. And I, I think people hear meditation, they're like, oh, that's not for me, or it's boring, or that's still a little too out there. Or they don't make it the priority that it should be for their well-being and their wellness. Correct. I can imagine you as a rugby player. So for those listening to the podcast, Gabe is very handsome. Thank you. Really nice <laughs> smile. And I can just see you being this, you know, rugby player trying to figure out how to pretzel yourself into yoga poses and focus on your breath. That probably wasn't something that you were talking about with your fellow teammates. No, but so what was, like, I love what that. was powerful for me was because just getting into poses, touching on what you just said, I came to the practice because of the awareness that meditation, we're going to use that word because meditation yeah. now is associated with focusing your mind, which is what Patanjali just said. Remember, yoga is the quiet, to stop the thinking and the emotional terrain which is what most of us associated with meditation today. So for me, yoga was always this meditation. So it wasn't so much about, oh, I want to do this pose, and I want to do this pose. Trust me, 
it was fun to play with the various poses. But what struck me towards the end was that there was a meditation in motion. Yes. Which is called sun salutation. Which is a, and again, I'm just sitting and breathing, I'm playing rugby. So the minute I realized that there's a meditation in motion, I was like, well, I'm going to do that. Yes. Because I need my meditation to quiet my mind. And I need, and great, I can do some motion. And going back, when you move your body in sun salutation, it works every large muscle, works every major joint. It addresses the internal system. And if you just do sun salutation, remember the agit of eat an apple a day, keep the doctor away? Well, I'll tell you, if you do three sets of sun salutation a day, you'll completely keep yeah. the doctor away. You'll feel taller, you'll feel stronger, you'll feel healthier. It's one of my favorite things to do. I try to do it every morning myself. At home in Washington, D.C., I do it up on the roof, um, overlooking the city. And here, I do it down by the water. And I just love it. It always makes me feel better. Even when I don't have time, like I don't have time today to work out or I like busy schedules. I always make time for that. It just takes 10 minutes. It takes 10 minutes. And, and yeah, you can pay attention to your body when you do it. Um, DM me or you can find, like, let's do a little plug quickly. So you can find Gabe on Instagram at Gabe underscore yoga. Yes. On Instagram, you can DM him as well. He has great content out there. He's on YouTube. He has a website, which is GabeYoga.com. Gabe Yoga. And Gabe. my YouTube will also have just Gabe Yoga. It's just on Instagram. Someone already took that Gabe yeah. Yoga together, so I had to put an underscore underneath it. Which is why I am also Michelle Schoenfeld official. Somebody took Michelle Schoenfeld. <laughs> but you can find me, um, those of you watching, great. Those of you listening to the podcast, it's Michelle Schoenfeld official. DM me. I answer all questions. Um, I can answer them on air or privately. And my website is michelleschoenfeld.com. So I wanted to give those a plug so we can answer any of the questions. If you want to know more about sun salutations or more in-depth yoga questions, we can point you in the right direction. Correct. And if you want to ask me any particular questions, you can go to bit.ly slash askgabe <laughs> and it will pop up a screen with a box that you can write your question. I'll send you an answer in an email and if it's appropriate, I might even make a video for you so that you can go into a little bit more depth on that. So if you can't remember that, just DM him and he can send that to you. So no problem. And we'll have him on the bottom of the notes, maybe. Yes, absolutely. A, if you if you listen, if you're wa watching and listening online. Yes, yeah, so I want to come back. I'm just, sorry. No, so no. if you're watching on Instagram now, um, this is going to be up on the Eaton Workshop Radio, the Eaton Hotel. This is there, out of there, and it'll be in about two weeks. Just so you guys know, there. I want to come back to the idea of what shifted, and you asked me about my rugby. No, yes. but when I realized, so now that I had this other way of talking about yoga, yes. without the God, without Patanjali, without needing to bring all that side of what was interesting to me right. as a personal philosopher, kind of, I had this physical thing. And when I did the sun salutation and I realized my body was better, and then I was at the game and in my practices feeling and working and running faster and feeling much healthier, yeah. of course I started telling my rugby teammates, we got to do this. And they would see me sometimes as you come, as I warm up, to, as, as I come up and I'm warming up to do, to be able to practice, I'm doing my sun citation. And yes, a few of them joined and that was a very powerful thing to be able to start then to share the benefits yes. on the physical movement that are needed and the way to move the body in a more efficient way because yes, most rugby players and most individuals feel stiff. And stiffness over time is associated with not being well. It creates tension in your abdominals, creates tension in your mind. Yep. Stiffness of body is stiffness of mind. <laughs> stiffness of body is stiffness of your digestion system. 
Yeah, so we're going to actually do it. I'll be doing another podcast on that as well, talking about digestive, because it's so important um, for your energy, for your immune system, for longevity, your energy. There's so, so much that comes just out of digestion. I think that's, at least in the United States, way underrated. Correct. Way underrated. People are more focused on their physical appearance from the outside, not really thinking about what's going on the inside, and that really it should be kind of our focus. Totally. Besides, of course, balancing our energy. Right. And so I approach, if you come to my classes, whether the yin class, as Michelle noticed, or a regular vinyasa class, or any practice of the body, I come from it from a place of preventative maintenance, with the idea that if you do this, then you'll keep the doctor away. And today, because I have a much broader background, and I understand things from Thai massage, and I'm a Thai massage master, I'm a wellness coach for the last 12 years, so I have all this other vocabulary that I can weave in, and depending on the circumstances, that comes out in class. But when I work with clients, we try to weave those things so that they can see what benefits them. At the end of the day, it's individual. That. Yes, sun citation will benefit all of you. It's going to make your body feel much better. But then there's some postures or some ways of eating or some ways of thinking that can add to your particular dilemma. And each and every one of us is different. So there's not one formula for us all about how to eat, how to breathe, and how to do things, but rather there is a way to support each individual's, and that's the power of Absolutely. your work, my work, that we can give both in group yeah. from rent or individual the, the capacity to listen to you, which is what we don't get so much today. You go to that's a doctor, so he's not really listening to you. He's already giving me exactly. the prescription. I know what the drug companies yep. I want from me. Well, so he also, right, has a short amount of time, right, because everything's managed and you have to get it out. You have like rules. And it, we've lost that human connection. Correct. Which is really great when you work with a wellness coach. You get that human connection. It's so important. Um, and you talked about like diet there is, and knowing your body. Is it Gabe and I both happen to have a plant-based diet. And so I say, I was joking earlier, plant-based diet, because when you say that, people usually relax. Like, oh, she's healthy for her body. But when you say vegan, a lot of times people will have like a visceral response. Correct. They always think, oh my gosh, you're very political and you're going to try to blah, blah. They just think this like anger for some reason. But when you say plant-based, it's a little bit more light and relaxed. And I got to so, say that because I mean, I get, I'm a vegan. I say, I'm, sometimes people are like, oh, you're a vegan. You don't eat cheese? What's wrong with you? How come you right. don't like cheese? Totally. And the Eggs have so much protein. You know, there's nothing wrong with the egg. It doesn't hurt anything, right? You get it. It's like, okay, we're not going to go into that in this podcast. But it's just funny and hopefully but, yeah. you're laughing along with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we were talking about it earlier, and Gabe said, well, sometimes I prefer to say I'm a flexitarian. Yes. And I love that, tying it back to knowing your body, but also knowing like your what's audience. realistic, your audience, and what's realistic in your own life. So if you're listening to this now, it's like, yes, it's wonderful to have a vegan or plant-based diet. Keeping your body nice and alkaline is so important. Cutting down on the sugars. Um, but if that's not realistic for you, if you're like, I can't give up eggs, or I love seafood, or whatever it is, you can still make modifications to improve your well-being exactly. without being so extreme. Right. So that's part of um, working with a well-being coach like Gabe is that you, know, you, you help people figure out what works in their lifestyle to improve their well-being. Correct. Improve their wellness. And not just say, this is the one way and this is how you have to do it. There's a lot of people out there who are like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And that really isn't the case. So if you've tried things before, if you've tried meditation and it didn't work, you've tried yoga and it didn't work, you've tried different diets, don't give up. 
try again, just try a different modality. There's so many things out there. Some people love Bikram yoga. Some people love vinyasa. Some people love your yin. I heard people who've never taken it before saying, wow, I love this, right? And it's the same with meditation. Some people like transcendental. Some people like guided. Some people like only listen to Deepak Chopra's free 21 day, three times a year, and they love it. It doesn't matter. Just find what you like. Correct. It's Whatever the same with you, diet. Yeah. Whatever you can incorporate to you, and whatever you're able to listen, it's about really developing that ability to listen inside. And the only way to listen inside is to quiet what's up here and what's in the heart. And yoga and meditation help that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're just about out of time. Um, before we get to our affirmation, which we do at the end of every show, what would you say or what like some short tips for somebody who really hasn't started a yoga practice or has tried it a couple times here and there, but it didn't really resonate with them. Like, what would just be a couple of things that you could give them as tips to like maybe start to reintroduce it? I suggest that you really try to just start with a classical style of sun salutation. And if you're not really familiar with it, you can jump on my YouTube or you can jump on my Gabe Yoga Academy where we have courses for you. I even have a 30-day challenge where we take you through Every week, a different type of sun citation. Love that. Really, if you're just new or if you're just starting, sun citation really is a powerful base that will really make your yoga practice so much better. Less about, oh, you should do this pose or do that pose. Because if I just give you poses selectively, they're they're redundant. But sun citation really works the whole system. It's also going to work and manage your digestive system. So it balances everything together. And because it's a breath, connected meditation, breath-connected movement, excuse me, it is a meditation on one level. But now let's talk a little bit more basic on a one-on-one. When you connect breath and movement, it switches your nervous system from stress to relaxation. Most of us don't realize that we live a stressful life. In a way, your system, your body just feels as if a tiger is running after you. And we've heard people say, like, just get up and walk around. Like when you get stressed, just get up and walk around. Or don't react right now, just get up and walk around. There's so much to that. And like what you said, a tiger's attacking you. Our body, when we're in that fight or flight mode, which is stressful at work or being angry with our children, whatever's going on in your life, your body doesn't know the difference between that kind of stress and actually a tiger chasing you. Correct. It doesn't know. It's producing cortisol, the stress hormone. It doesn't like that. So you, you enter in your yoga and your meditation and you can start to reduce that cortisol exactly. and increase serotonin and all those good neurotransmitters to make exactly. you feel better. And here's yeah. a shocker. Focusing on your breath for five minutes will reduce your cortisol level. Which is wonderful. Again, that's a stress hormone. It's what causes all sorts of um, diseases, or not diseases, but illnesses, and ages us. Correct. And it's just there's nothing good about that unless you literally have to run away from a tiger or there's a fire, which is very rare. I don't usually have to run away from tigers. Correct. <laughs> and at that point, your body produces this yeah. cortisol. It gives you everything, stamina that you need. But the hope was that the tiger's gone. And now you can relax, and it expels all of that. But when you're dealing with financial stress, relationship Chronic worries, stress. Mm-hmm. you're dealing with the fact that you don't like your job, you're dealing with the fact that you're stressed over whether your kids are going to complete college, finish high school, any of those things, well, you can, you can manage that. that that's life. You yes. know, that's life. But it doesn't mean that you got to have an internal system that is fighting against you. Right. You can get to that rest and restore mode. Exactly. And so that yoga and meditation helps you get to that rest and restore exactly. mode. Exactly. 
Um, but And so does big sky, like going out, standing on your roof, going and seeing the sea or the mountains. There's a reason that we like to see that big sky. It just kind of balances our energy and makes us feel better, replenishes us, no question. Um, but go out in nature. Like, while you're getting started, go for a walk. Just go for a walk by the trees. Bring your awareness to what sounds you hear. Maybe you hear the birds. Even, like, you know, the tree hugger thing, we joke about that. But put your hands on a tree and just kind of close your eyes and take some breaths in. You'll feel your energy start to balance almost immediately. Correct. And it sounds silly until you do it. So I challenge you who are listening, just go try it. You can do it in the privacy of your backyard if you want to see if it really works or not. Um, and also what I think is great about yoga nowadays with the internet is that if you're not really sure of anything we're talking about is for you, now granted, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested. You know, the universe led you here, you have somewhat interest, you stuck with us this long. But you can find free content and do it in the privacy of your own home. Exactly. So go through the YouTube, go through Google, click on different videos, see what style you like that resonates with you, and just start it in your house by yourself until you know what feels good. And then if you want to join a yoga studio or something like that, that's great. And like Gabe said, he has online classes. I've bought myself things that I can do when I'm traveling from hotel rooms or there's a lot of great apps now as well. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So just don't give up. Find it. Google it. YouTube it. <laughs> just do it. Just you do know, it. It's for not, your health. It's for your life. The Nike commercial says, just do it. Thinking about it doesn't help. In that way, I think of yoga as like brushing the teeth. I move my body every day because my body needs movement. And I move it in a way that supports the capacity of breath and movement, so that I call that sun salutation. And all I can tell you is that I have been doing this since I am about 19 with the intention of, wow, I read a book, remember? Jitterbug Perfume, the character in the book <laughs> is living a thousand years. So I was like, well, the only way I can know is by experimenting. I can't wait till I'm 80 and then say, well, oh, I'm 80 and I'm about to die and I wish I did. It's so true. I give that same analogy, brushing your teeth with the meditation too. It's like, okay, so you might skip brushing your teeth one night, you come home late and you're tired. Maybe, you shouldn't, of course, but maybe it happens. Maybe you're traveling and don't have a toothbrush and you're flying international. But if you don't brush your teeth for two days, for three days, like that's not going to happen. You don't let yourself, no matter how sick you are, I'm pretty much guarantee you have never gone three days without brushing your teeth. That's how it should be for moving your body. And that's how it should be for meditation as well. Exactly. For balancing and clearing your energy. You'll feel so much better. You'll thank us, I promise. So let's move on now to our little affirmation because we're almost out of time. Again, at the end of every show, we do an affirmation, and it's something just to say to kind of help you feel good, um, to make your mind think in a different way. I want you to say it several times in a row to yourself, several times a day. Do it while you're looking in the mirror, brushing your teeth. Do it in your rear view mirror. Whatever you think about it, just say it over and over. So I am going to let Gabe choose our affirmation for this week, and why don't you share it with us? So the affirmation for this week ties into the content that we looked at today, and it is, I am that which I seek. I am that which I seek. Let's say it again together. I, I am, am that, that which, which I, I seek. seek. Wonderful. Go ahead and write that on a sticky note. I am that which I seek. Yes. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your refrigerator, wherever you need it so you don't forget it. Saying it yourself several times in a row. To remember and remind yourself that I am that which I seek. Yes. Everything you're looking for lies on the inside. Remember, that's the meaning of Namaste. 
Absolutely. Very well said. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're a great guest. I just love this. I adore you. Um, and that's it for today. So, namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.